Just imagine all of the things that would not exist in your world if someone wasn't curious. The light bulb, electric vehicles, electricity, and the one thing none of us can do without anymore, the internet. Curiosity is a natural instinct that humans are born with, and being curious has been scientifically shown to affect the brain in a predominantly positive manner. When you're curious, you increase activity in the hippocampus, which is the part of your brain that regulates your emotions and holds your memories. When this part of the brain is activated, your memory actually improves. I don't know about you, but I could always use help with that. That's why it's so much easier to learn something that you're passionate about or interested in learning. It's your hippocampus working. This also explains why, no matter how many times my son says, Hey mom, remember that part in Star Wars Episode 7 when Annika says blah, blah, blah? I can never remember it. I don't remember the scene or anything that was leading up to it. And it's also why, when I say to him, Don't you remember me asking you to mow the lawn today? He always says, huh? Anyway, the point is, when you're interested in something or curious about it, your brain responds in a positive way, and that helps you learn and retain information, which is why being curious is important for so many professional roles. Curiosity also gives you a rush of the happy chemical dopamine, which is the same response we get when we experience pleasure, like eating chocolate or riding a roller coaster if you're a thrill seeker like me. And that, of course, just feels good. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions about the role of HR in an organization and the profession in general. I plan to take that on in another episode. But today I want to share with you a few reasons why I believe being curious is such a good instinct to nurture when you take on an HR role. Dopamine rush aside, are you curious to know more? Let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. Knowing everything is not only impossible, but I believe it's a huge missed opportunity. One of my favorite quotes is from Maya Angelou, and she says, Do the best you can until you know better. Then, when you know better, do better. Sharing knowledge and acquiring knowledge is important for us as human beings. It allows us to grow and develop and also to contribute in a positive, meaningful way to society and our communities. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. A lot of people have asked me over the last couple of months, why did you take this on? Don't you have enough to do? Yeah, I do. But One of the reasons why is because every year I would get a number of requests from students who wanted to know what they needed to do to successfully transition into an HR career. And the troubling part was that I couldn't scale myself. I couldn't answer enough emails or meet with enough students. And so I thought, how can I actually share this information in a way that I can get it to more people? And that's why I came up with the HR Mentor Podcast. Podcasts have also been really influential in my own development and learning, especially over the last four months. 
I've been learning from higher ed professionals about how to transition to online learning. I've been learning about trends in technology and HR. I've also been learning a lot about how to be anti-racist and how to build an inclusive environment in my classroom and also in my home. I think there's so much value in learning from other people and their perspectives. And I'm so very grateful that the HR Mentor is helping so many of you. I really appreciate everybody that has downloaded episodes, listened, subscribed, and left comments. I've even received a number of personal messages from people sharing how a particular episode resonated with them. And I just want you guys to know that I appreciate your time and also the feedback. I believe that without the feedback, I'm not going to get better at this. So thank you for being here and for sharing your perspective I want to give a quick shout out before we get into today's topic to a listener who left a review on Apple Podcasts. And this is from Attractive TB. They said, outstanding and inspiring. Absolutely terrific advice delivered in a clear, straightforward manner. A great listen. Thank you so much for sharing the comment, Attractive TB, and for being here and being part of the community. I really appreciate it. So as I said, today I want to talk about curiosity, and more specifically, the importance of curiosity to your HR career. Here's a summary of the four reasons why I think curiosity is critically important to a successful HR career. I really believe that there are four key reasons why curiosity is so important in this profession. The first one is that curiosity is critical to effective problem solving and critical thinking. And at the end of the day, that is the core of what our role is. Number two, being curious helps spark innovation and it helps improve our workplaces. As I said, can you imagine what wouldn't have been created or changed in terms of workplace environments and workplace practices if somebody wasn't curious about a better way to do things. Number three, I think being curious keeps us interested in learning and it improves our transfer of learning, our retention of learning. Remember the hippocampus? Of course you do. But curiosity is really critical to us being lifelong learners. And if we're going to be successful in HR, that's going to be necessary. And fourth and finally, I think being curious is critically important to building positive relationships. You've heard me talk many times on this podcast about the importance of relationships, and this is impossible without actually being curious about people, their motives, and why they behave the way they do. So let's start with number one, problem solving and critical thinking. I believe one of the core responsibilities of an HR professional is to solve problems. Your organization might not describe it that way, but essentially, that's what we do. Your phone rings, and it's a panicked manager. Melanie, so-and-so just told me they're quitting and not giving notice. What do I do? Melanie, one of my supervisors just screamed at a group of employees in the lunchroom. What do I do? Melanie, we have an attendance problem. What do we do? Melanie, we can't find skilled workers. What do we do? Melanie, we need to shut down part of our operation. What do we do? In some cases, you'll have experienced the scenario you're faced with in the past, and you may have been able to successfully guide the leader or the organization through whatever challenge or problem they're facing. This is a good thing for the most part. 
But thinking that you know everything about the situation and jumping to a solution too early in the process can be really detrimental to finding the best solution. This is when it's beneficial to get really curious. Take the example of the attendance problem. This came to me once as a consultant, a small business that was experiencing a lot of issues with workers calling in sick or not showing up for work at the last minute. This, of course, had a negative impact on their production, their morale, and ultimately their profitability. It was a huge problem. Now, I could have started working on the attendance issue right away, but one thing I learned over the years is that nothing happens in isolation in an organization. Organizations are complex systems, and they behave as such, as do the individuals within them. So in this particular case, I decided I really needed to dig a little deeper. In fact, I ended up completing an entire HR audit looking at all of their HR programs, policies, and practices. I educated myself on their strategy, their organizational structure, and some of the goals that they had set for themselves. I looked at data, I got to know their people, I interviewed managers and supervisors. And after a couple of weeks of digging in, I discovered that attendance was not their big problem to solve. It was actually turnover. This organization had over 100% annualized turnover. Over 100%. Let that sit in. This means that every year they lost more than their entire staff of approximately 100 employees. When we realized that, that was the problem that we set out to solve. Now, if I'd not been curious, if I had just taken what they told me at face value and I set about to solve the attendance problem, I might have never discovered what really was at the root of the problem. It's pretty hard to implement an attendance management system or encourage people to attend work if they don't plan on sticking around anyway. And they would have paid me to work on that attendance problem and maybe I would have come up with something brilliant with them but it never would have solved the bigger issue affecting their productivity and their profitability because they were not hiring the right people in the first place or creating an environment that supported the retention of their workers. So it's a great example of how being curious and really digging in in terms of problem solving and critical thinking can help not only lead you to the right solution or the best possible solution, but also, and more importantly, it leads you to the right problem. I'm sure you have a million examples of your own for those of you that have worked in HR for some time. The phone rings, the manager calls, they believe they have an XYZ problem. But when you get curious and you start to dig in, you determine that's not really the issue. And so I think it's really important for us to remain in that curious mindset when managers come to us with problems or challenges so that we can really try and understand what's at the root of it. The second reason why curiosity is so important for your HR career is that it helps spark innovation and improves workplaces. You know, since the spring semester ended or the winter semester ended in April, I have spent countless hours at my desk at home engaged in my own online learning on how to, well, deliver online learning. Now, this is not an entirely new concept for me, and I have pretty good skills when it comes to working with the technology that's required to deliver an online course, but this has still been a pretty steep learning curve. 
I've had so many questions that I've needed to answer since then in both my teaching role and in my consulting practice that are related to the workplace. I've had colleagues and clients calling me and sharing their challenges. Have you ever written a pandemic policy? How do you apply for that new government program? I've never supported a mass layoff before. What do I do? Eh, I don't know. I've never done that either. How do you assess students in an online environment and prevent cheating? How am I going to fairly grade a discussion forum? How do I balance working from home when my kids and pets are constantly interrupting me? How do I deliver my Canadian curriculum and recognize the international student experience through remote delivery? I'm never even going to meet these people. And while many of us are focused on schools and how we'll need to adapt and innovate to deliver a great learning experience, HR departments and leaders are also having to innovate in their workplaces. Thankfully, a lot of curious people have been looking at ways to innovate HR practices over the last 10 to 15 years, and even before. And a lot of great strides have been made in this area, especially as it pertains to technology. When I graduated with my BBA, the internet was still quite new, and so much of what we did was paper-based. I searched for jobs using the newspaper and a landline. Unemployed workers looked for work on bulletin boards and job centers. In fact, my very first job after graduation was at a job center where we called employers to post their job with us and then we slapped them up on a bulletin board so people could come by and view them or apply for them. My first real HR job was as a recruiter at a call center. I hired up to 40 people a week and the tools I had to do my job were a cell phone and a stack of printed resumes. They literally put me in a storage room and off I went, screening resumes and calling applicants applicants who actually answered their phones. And friends, I'm not really that old. Now we're in a world where HR professionals don't screen applicants in the first round. Many have a system that's based on AI and it does the work. We post the job through an ATS and it automatically sends off the posting to multiple job boards. And training isn't done live. It's delivered with virtual reality now. We've also had technology for remote meetings and training at our fingertips for many years, and these tools have now become a staple in our daily life. All of this happened because someone was curious about how we can deliver HR better and add more value to our organizations. I don't believe technology will ever fully replace human connection or relationships, but it can certainly handle a lot of what used to make up the majority of tasks that HR professionals did all day long and support a more remote world. Now your curiosity is going to help your organization adapt to this world with COVID. Some of the curious questions you might tackle are, how can we have employees work from home and keep them healthy and productive? How can we manage if we have an outbreak in our workplace? How do we support employees with wellness and stress management when they're living with so much fear and uncertainty? I certainly don't have all the answers or even many of them, but I do believe that if you remain curious in your role and you tap into the curiosity and experiences of your colleagues, leaders, and most importantly, your employees, that there are innovative solutions out there. And I think it's incumbent upon us as HR professionals to bring that lens of the human experience, the employee experience to our workplace, and not just the status quo or trying to fit what we used to do physically into a virtual world. 
but really being curious about how we can expand our thinking on how workplaces operate and function and what we can do to support leaders and employees through this challenging time. The third reason why I think curiosity is so important in an HR role is that it helps keep us interested in learning and improves the transfer of learning. Remember that hippocampus? If you were curious about this episode, you probably do. Well, when you're curious and it's activated, the science shows that you will remember more of what you learn. Think about this for a minute. Think about the last time you had to learn something you didn't have any interest in. For me, this would likely be anything to do with my vehicle, math, and the names or details of shows I'm not keenly interested in. For the record, I do love Star Wars, but I was a kid in the 80s, so any films made after Return of the Jedi are really not part of Star Wars for me. Don't hate me. It's just a fact. Anyway, someone can show me how to change a tire. People have tried. I don't want to learn it. I don't care about tires. I just want them to work and someone to be available to fix them when they don't. If I had to do it, I would watch a YouTube video, which I've done for almost everything I've had to fix on my car on my own. But talk to me about how organizations function or operate. Talk to me about cool new ways to deliver my course or assess my students. Talk to me about human motivation or about your experience with your job search. Or talk to me about being a better communicator. And I'll remember it and probably apply it. This is the same for your employees. If you can take something they need to learn and personalize it or give it greater meaning for them, chances are they'll be more engaged in learning it and they will remember it. This is why it's so important to hire people with passion for the work that they will do and an interest in the organization and its vision. They will learn it, live it, and make it better. Think about someone in your organization that seems disengaged. Do you think they're passionate about their work or the vision of the organization? My guess is that they aren't. So this is really important when you're in a recruitment role or you're working with hiring managers and devising interview questions or assessing candidates. A genuine interest in what they're doing is going to make them better at their job, more engaged, and also going to deliver more effectively. And this applies to you as well. So if you're looking for a new role or your first HR role, I really encourage you to think about what you're interested and passionate about. And I've talked about this a bit before. If you're not interested in it, chances are you're not going to be great at it. And you're probably not going to learn it as easily as someone else. So really take some time and think about what does get you excited? What are you interested in? And focus your attention towards those types of roles because your passion and your interest is going to come across. You're going to come up with better ideas and solutions for that organization. And ultimately, you're going to have a better relationship with the organization. And that's going to result in better happiness and better results for the company you're working for. The fourth and final reason why I think curiosity is so important in an HR career is that it helps build relationships. Now that might sound kind of funny at first, but I really believe it does. I want to share this quote with you from someone named Roy T. Bennett. And he says, Listen with curiosity. Speak with honesty. Act with integrity. 
The greatest problem with communication is we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. When we listen with curiosity, we don't listen with the intent to reply. We listen for what's behind the words. In so many ways, this quote says it all. One of the best ways to build positive relationships is to listen to understand people. Don't you want to be understood? I do. I think we all do. And I'm not sure what holds us back from doing this. Perhaps it's ego or the excitement of sharing our own view, but I think sometimes there is something deeper going on when we listen to reply rather than to understand. I think there's fear bubbling below the surface. Fear that if we don't understand, we'll have to change our mind or our perspective, and that can be hard. Fear that we'll have to do something about what we've learned, you know, turning a blind eye to something. And fear that we might have to experience different emotions, perhaps pain or hurt rather than feeling angry or annoyed. Let's take an example of an employee meeting. For those of you that are experienced leaders or HR professionals, how many times have you gone into a meeting with an employee to try and understand what happened or what the situation was, but you went in thinking you already have it figured out? I know I certainly have. Guilty. Before the employee utters a word, we use our history with this person or the situation. Our stereotypes and biases come in and they help us fill in as many blanks as possible before we even ask our first question. Or you meet with a manager and they tell you what happened or what an employee did wrong and they're telling you all the things they already quote unquote know about the employee's motives. And when you ask them why they know this, their answer is usually... I know this person. This approach is so risky. One reason is that it blocks you from actually getting to the truth of what happened or what the problem really is. But another reason is that it can very quickly erode any trust we may have with that person, and that damages relationships. By assuming we know everything about the person, the situation, and the motives, we close ourselves off to connection, understanding, and effective solutions. Over time, this can impact your team effectiveness, their morale, their mental health, and ultimately the bottom line of your organization. But when you're curious about a situation or a person's motives, you open yourself up to the discomfort of being wrong or the need to change. But you also open yourself up to a better relationship, a healthier workplace, and better results. Brene Brown talks about this in her book, Braving the Wilderness. I love all her work, but I'm on my second read of this book because it's so timely as I try to understand and orient myself in all the divisiveness and violence we're seeing in the world right now. If you're really curious about what motivates and drives some of that behavior, I encourage you to pick up this book. One of the things I love about it is a particular chapter, and it's just such a brilliant title that really hits home for me. And it's called, People Are Hard to Hate Up Close, Move In. And I've used that phrase actually a number of times over the last couple of days. When we feel ourselves annoyed or pissed off at someone, we want to retreat into our positions, our rightness about why we're so offended or in pain. And Brene says it's easier to be angry than to face our hurt or or our pain. And this is also true of organizations. 
As leaders, we can hide from the truth of our effectiveness by getting angry at other people and making assumptions about why they are the way they are. After all, really understanding somebody or why they behave the way they do might actually shine a light on our own shortcomings or how we need to change things to make them better. And in order to do that, we have to accept it and we have to expose ourselves. It takes vulnerability and it takes courage. But when we really get to know someone, it's hard to stay or be angry with them. And that's why building relationships is so important. When you know someone and really understand them and their perspective, it's harder to stay angry or disappointed with them. Anyone who is the parent of a teenager knows this all too well. They mess up, they sometimes lie, they don't do what they're asked, and sometimes they can just be a little bit mean. But because we are up close with them and we know who they are, we know their struggles, their pain, and the brilliant humans that they are at their core, we don't give up on them. We don't turn our backs on them, and we don't assume that they have the worst intent. So why do we do it at work with our colleagues and our employees? As an HR professional, you're in a unique place in the organization to understand both the manager and the employee perspective, and to be the catalyst of a deeper understanding. You're also poised perfectly to use your curiosity to create effective solutions to the right problems and to innovate and learn to build your own career. And all it takes is a true willingness to tap into something that you were already born with, and that is curiosity. So just to summarize, the four main reasons why I think curiosity is critical to your HR career is number one, That curiosity is critical to effective problem solving and critical thinking. Number two, it helps spark innovation and improve your workplace. Number three, being curious is important to keep you learning and improve your transfer of learning. And fourth and finally, being curious is a really important approach to building positive relationships. I hope that this episode really resonated with you. I'd love to hear from you if you have other thoughts on why you think curiosity is important in your workplace or for your career. Feel free to send me a message or leave a comment wherever you're listening. And if you haven't already subscribed to The HR Mentor, I would be so very grateful if you did that and you'd also never miss another episode. Thank you so much for being here. Stay safe and be well. Bye for now.